hello and welcome to another episode of Meta Kicks. My name's Liv. This is MM. Say hi. Dude, I want a stream key for TikTok. What is a stream key? It makes it so that I can stream for TikTok on the computer and not on my phone. How do we do that? We uh make TikTok like us so they give us a, a stream key. Oh. TikTok, if you're listening to this podcast, give us a stream key. <laughs> We have a wah wah button. I can't remember which one it is. She pushed the wrong one. I pushed the right one. Yeah, I hit the box one that I hate. Sounds like a dumb shoe box. Anyways, we're psychic mediums, twin flames, best friends, and your sidekicks to all things metaphysical. And we're here today to talk about Papa's Ranch House. Please, if you don't know what Papa's Ranch House is, there will be a link in the description below so that if you live in the Nevada, Reno, Fernley, Wadsworth area. You can get some good ass cannolis. Dude, the cannolis did smack. They were some good cannolis. Brian makes some good Zaz, but the cannolis ever had top tier. Let's get real. Cannolis definitely top pizza. When you go there for a ghost investigation or a movie night, just remember cannoli. Leave the ghosts. Take the cannoli. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pizzeria. It's a great time. So if you don't know, Em and I went to Nevada to collab with Patrick from the haunted side. We went to Nevada. Dude, there were emus outside of our Airbnb. There were. If you want to watch the emus, I posted a vlog about it on YouTube. They were named Luke and Leia and Egg. And they pecked my hand and it was fantastic. I can <laughs> die happy now. We fed them apple apple pieces. They enjoyed it. Anyways, we also were so lucky to have Patrick take us to meet Brian, who is the owner of Papa's Ranch House, a.k.a. The historic Lincoln Highway Saloon. And I just want to say you should visit Brian's Facebook page, which is Papa's Ranch House, because I would not have been able to find any information about his his establishment and its historic awesomeness and if I would not have creeped on his Facebook page and saw that he had it listed as the historic Lincoln Highway Saloon, because I wouldn't know. Anyways, so when we went there, not only does... A lovely, kind man who makes awesome cannolis and pizzas own the place. And we got to hang out with Patrick for like a long time, which was fun. He told us a moose story. Did you put that in the video? Or is it going to be a Patreon exclusive? Because you can't hear a word that he says. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) I'm going to tell Patrick's story for him. There's this giant moose head. It was plastic. That's plastic. And he thought. It's also not a moose. Was it? What was it? An elk? I don't know. I just can tell you that moose's antlers are like solid and they don't have the little sticky bits. Maybe it was a giant elk. So And he called it a moose. Or he was just telling a story about a time where he saw a moose. Because what we were looking at was not a moose. But it wasn't even a moose. <laughs> even when he saw... Okay, so cut this out, cut this out. Anyways. Cut this out, cut this out. <laughs> Future editing with... The saloon is super cool because it's made up of... Damn... One, two, pizza, three, like four pizza. Sorry, <laughs> four, pe- four, four things. So I, I have the, the front of the place is the front of the house, which is the original bar and saloon that was built, according to Brian, in the 1840s. Makes sense. Tracks with the research that I got. But the, uh, I also don't don't absolutely at all think that Brian doesn't know what he's talking about. He does for sure. Now, I don't know why you said it like that. I don't know either. I have no idea. I'm, I'm excited about this because I found things and I really liked history class. I was an AP US history person. Ew, that's not me. In his- Literally. History gets me going. 
on Sunday, she or whatever day she told me, she was like, which one do you want to research, Skinwalker Bridge or Papa Ranch House? And my immediately response was like, oh, probably Papa Ranch House because there's probably lots of stuff you can look up on it. And then I was like, wait a second, I should actually test this out. And I looked up Papa Ranch House and there is one article where they talk about how good the pizza is. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, you can have that. It was a daunting task because you guys can go to the link in the show notes to watch the video of our ghost investigation and we'll pepper a little bit of that throughout this. But this is going to be like the history of how and why Papa's Ranch House is so fizzucking haunted. And it's absolutely, it was an absolute treat, especially to go there entirely. Loved it. Haunted pizza. Yeah. It was great. And cannolis. It was literally my favorite part about going to Nevada, besides Lake Tahoe. While we were eating dinner there, we could literally hear people's boots on the, like, floorboards. The floor was concrete, but it sounded like they were walking on some wood planks. And I kept seeing shadows of the people that weren't actually there casting on the walls. And Patrick got hit on by a lady that was, like, a bar wench after playing his serenading songs on the piano. Yeah, the soul of a lady who was a bartender. In her 40s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was a treat. So he gave us a history. The front part of the house where the saloon is and where you guys can eat some pizza on the inside is built in the 1840s. There's also an upstairs where apparently the shopkeeper used to live because in the 1840s when it was just a saloon, it also was a little area where people could kind of stay as like an inn or a hosta kind of. And in the 1930s, The outbuildings behind where you can enjoy eating in the courtyard as well as wandering in the now renovated-ish rooms that certain famous people and non-famous people have stayed in that was the motels that opened up in the 1930s. So between the 1840s and 1930s, lots of people have passed through here and enjoyed the fun things that happen at a saloon in the fucking Wild West. So Brian gave us a short history of his restaurant. So I told you, you know, the front of the house was built in the 1840s. The Courtyard Motel was built around the 1930s. Now the Truckee River is within eyesight and walking distance of this famous pizzeria. That's where the Skinwalker Bridge is. Of this famous pizzeria. And yes, Emma's correct. It is also the right around the acclaimed Skinwalker Bridge, which crosses the Truckee River. Let's just talk about where... On the map, Papa's Ranch House actually sits because in order to understand how it can be so haunted, not just the fact that it was built in the 1840s and then the 1930s, but you have to figure out like where geographically its location and construction is within American history. It's fucking self, which is crazy. Like didn't even realize what type of gem we were at even when we were there. What do you mean? Going back in time to American history. What was there wars there? Probably. Well, there were wars at Pyramid Lake. That's not too far away. That is true. This, I mean, yes, I'm sure there were wars fought there, but I don't have wars. Well, we're not actually getting into AP history. No, it is AP history. Don't don't sit there and twist your hair and give me sassy looks. I have prepared. I was very bad at history. Really? I love it. It's just stories. Like all A's and then history class. I got a C. Also, the lady didn't like me, but that's beside the point. <laughs> My AP US history teacher was this giant guy that looked like a redheaded Shrek who was yeah. one of the giant football coaches. And he's like the only football coach that didn't teach like <laughs> remedial English and like basic math classes so he thought of himself very highly 
Mm-hmm. And he would walk in and be like, today we're learning why Andrew Jackson is a fucking asshole. Are you guys ready? And we're like, yes, I guess so. He also would let me fall asleep in the front row of the classroom because I was tired and he wouldn't call me out for it. Mm. It's because like, I got good grades. Yeah, I got called out for taking notes in her class. Like, Are you doing the homework? And I was like, you scared me. I'll stop. Jesus. But I, I had to take notes, but I couldn't take notes because she yelled at me. You're welcome. Wow. That's why I got a C in history class. C for cope aesthetic, my dude. I don't know. That lady's scary. All right, let's get into it. So (laughs) as I've already mentioned before, it was Papa's Ranch House. This place could also be known as the historic Lincoln Highway Saloon. Now, the reason it's called the Lincoln Highway Saloon is because it is located off of the Lincoln Highway. And you first need to understand how and why and everything around the Lincoln Highway itself. And you're probably like, man, roads are boring. I don't care about that. I drive on a road every day. Was this like the time where you had to spell at me for 15 minutes when you were telling me about fairies? No, fairy, that was really annoying because it depends on how you spell the word fairy or fae and which what you're talking about is, is different. That was that was a nightmare. This is not that. This has dates in it. So completed in 1916, the Lincoln Highway was the first east-west transcontinental transportation corridor crossing Nevada in the early 20th century for automobile travel. However, at the state level, after the Victory Highway, or US-40, emerged, it was increasingly relegated to a secondary position after 1926 and into the early 1930s. So, the Lincoln Highway was the first highway ever created in the United States to stretch all the way from East Coast to West Coast. To give you a little bit of perspective, if you were to take your automobile in 1920, And start off in Times Square, New York, you could leave and take the Lincoln Highway all the way from Times Square, New York City to Lincoln Square in San Francisco. And if you drove nonstop and you're like Model T, you could get there in about four to five days. Wow. So everybody from the East Coast could go all the way to Nevada. And you literally, if you look on a map where the Lincoln Highway traveled, it went through Papa's Ranch House. Mm. So everybody that was like, I'm leaving the big city. I want to go to California. They probably stopped at at Brian's establishment to like well, I mean, get a beer. Location, location, location. It was a brothel. It was a motel and now it's a pizza place. It's just a good spot to stop and do something. It literally was built on the first highway ever. They know what they're doing. They fucking did, my dude. <laughs> this is not the Cecil. <laughs> so... In 1930 to 1937, this is the period in which historical properties can be associated with the Lincoln Highway or US-50 because where I got all this information was actually from the Nevada state government that gave me an entire synopsis on how the Lincoln Highway was created and automobiles and trains. It was like trains, planes, and automobiles of literally where Papa's trains, Ranch House is. and automobiles. Of Papa's Ranch House, which is crazy. Papa's Ranch House can be listed as a historic place, as long as it was built within 1913 to 1937 on the highway, which is something you could do if you haven't already done Brian. Anyways, in the 1910s, because the highway was built, tourism became one of Nevada's biggest industries and the building of the highway spurred the construction of many highway traveler amenities, such as motels, restaurants, automobiles, garages, shops, and more. And in 1931, legislation in Nevada passed the legal gambling, as well as the loosest marriage licenses and like legalities around marriage in the entire country, which I thought was just a fun fact. Weird. (laughs) So 
right when Brian said the motels were built in the 1930s is exactly when tourism like hit the peak. So now it wasn't just the saloon bar in shop type thing where someone could like take a, a break for a day or two. They actually had all of the little rooms that you can go into in the back where people would, you know, just have a motel, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> I didn't know all of these things and we were there. <laughs> so in the 1930s, President Roosevelt's New Deal employed thousands of people to improve the highway, the Lincoln Highway, in an attempt to raise American employment rates during the Great Depression and bolster American infrastructure. This led to the construction of the Victory Highway, which is basically just an alteration and a little bit of an altered route of the original Lincoln Highway, which ultimately made it the more predominant um, highway that people used as travel, and that was in the 1930s. But still, crosses right through Papa's Ranch House. I found a map of where all of these like highways and roads and stuff are, Mm -hmm. and then I cross-overlaid it with Papa's Ranch House, It literally intersects at every single one of them. Jesus. So let's go back a little bit farther from the 1900s to the 1800s and Papa's ranch house history. So now you can see how all of the people in the 1930s when his courtyard motel was built would have brought American tourists, American automobile tourists from all around the entire nation to literally stay in his little motels, which is adorable. (laughs) Now, the first part of the building was built in the 1840s. So let's talk about the mid-1840s and where Papa's Ranch House sat when it was originally built. In the mid-1800s, travel corridors across many of the Western states consisted of Native American trails and the wagon roads and paths forged by immigrant settlers and traders. So overland immigrants first traveled through northern Nevada in the 1840s when Papa's Ranch House Saloon was built. And they were traveling there on their way to California. So this is in the 1840s, but the American gold rush began in 1848, which was huge. Everyone's like, I got to get rich quick. So others followed. And by 1844, the various paths coalesced into a continuous wagon road between Missouri and California, also known as the California Trail. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Any of that means, sorry. Okay. You're giving me a history lesson. I'm like, yep. Think Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. Now think California Trail. Mm-hmm. What am I thinking about? That is like the most traveled path in like American uh, history from east to west. So we're not talking about, is, is the Oregon Trail something about disease? Well, that has to deal with the Donner Pass, which the highways actually went through the Donner Pass and into the California Trail. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> it's literally American history traveled to Papa's ranch house since the 1840s, since the dawn of pioneers and the wild west. Mm -hmm. And we were there talking to a bar wench who was 42 hitting on Patrick. Nevada is a whole bunch of ghost towns. That's what I found when I did research. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know which one it is. No. No. I don't know which one you want. You said... Nevada's a bunch of ghost towns. Ha! Get it? Because we went to ghost investigations and it's ghost towns. Why do you think we went there? I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't understand how this is a joke. (laughs) Well, if anybody likes history like me, they're going to like this. So, others followed, and by 1844, the various paths coalesced into a continuous wagon road between Missouri and California, known as the California Trail. 
If you look at the map that I was looking at, you can see that the California Trail was a precursor to the portion of the Lincoln Highway from Fernley, which is where we were around, was Fernley, through Reno to the California state line. So the Victory Highway, which if you're listening and paying attention, hopefully I'm saying this correctly, which was the updated version of the Lincoln Highway, later became the transcontinental auto route following the California Trail from Wells to the California border and was consigned with the Lincoln Highway west of Fernley. So literally the California Trail turned into the Lincoln Highway and the Lincoln Highway was updated to Victory Highway all from 1840 to 1930. Every single one of those passageways goes straight through Papa's ranch house. Everybody was like, I need a beer. I need some pizza. And he's like, I'm there for you. I've got you. Welcome to capitalist America. They know where to put things. (laughs) Location, location, location. The Cecil is not put in the right spot. That's true. And this, I mean, this it's place. You gotta put them in the right spot. They teach you that in marketing class. And location, this location, location. place survived the Great Depression because in the 1930s, I think, no. It's the da, 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 19, yeah, 1930s when President Roosevelt had the New Deal. So all of the people that were employed by the government to improve the Victory Highway or the Lincoln Highway to the Victory Highway probably sat there for a cold one. They're like, man, I'm employed by the government to keep me to not have the, the the feels of the Great Depression. I need a cold one in this Nevada desert. Guess who's there? Papa's Ranch House. <laughs> the saloon. Yes. Yeah, just having mirages of Papa Ranch House. Yeah. Like like Pyramid, Pyramid Lake. Oh. You go to Pyramid Lake, you thought it was a mirage, and then you get to Papa Ranch House, and you're like, this can't be a mirage, and then it isn't. Desert talk. I think it's funny that everything's in the desert over there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when the whole state is basically a desert. Because it reminds me of Sokka when he, uh, they're in the desert for several days, and then he decides to drink the water from the cactus and goes insane. And then immediately drinks or eats the weird slimy stuff in the middle of the wasp cave. And then worships the big explosion as the big broccoli. Yeah. I think Momo was on that trip, too. Dude, you know Mob Psycho? Yes. There's a new season, and there's a giant broccoli in the middle of the town that people worship. (laughs) I'm really glad that they saw that and they ran with it. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) All right. We have to talk about a portion of the Lincoln Highway from Fernley through Reno comprising a consigned portion of the route with the Victory Highway also followed the general route of the Central Pacific Railroad. If you guys haven't listened or I think it's going to come out after this or before this, which one comes out first, Skinwalker Ranch or Papa's Ranch House? This is the next podcast other than the one that you're putting out on Sunday, but. Okay, well, you guys are going to have to listen next week to the Skinwalker Bridge that we visited with Patrick too. Wait, because Patrick told us that the Skinwalker Bridge people would get drunk at the saloon, Papa Ranch House, and then they would go to the Skinwalker Bridge and then they would like shoot each other. Yeah, because in the 1930s, <laughs> showed up in the, the river on below. <laughs> gambling was legalized. So what does that have to do with shooting people? They're probably gambling at Papa's Ranch House in the 1930s and then go to have a, 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 a duel. Shootout? Yes. <laughs> and in 1848, people that were traveling to California for the gold rush. Would stop by Papa's ranch house and probably be like, you looked at me funny, son. 
let's go to Skinwalker Bridge and just boom, boom, bam. Exactly. And then the police would find their bodies in the river below. Yes. It's what Patrick used to tell us, what told us when we went to Skinwalker Bridge. Uh-huh. Which is why we're doing this in a specific order. So, anyways, <laughs> a portion of the Lincoln Highway from Fernley through Reno, which is the Fernley train depot, which is the train that ran over Skinwalker Bridge and literally right past Papa's ranch house, carrying both passengers and, like, products, followed the general route of the Central Pacific Railroad from north of Fernley onto Reno to the California state line. The Central Pacific Railroad had its beginnings in 1862 when President Abraham Lincoln signed into law the Pacific Railroad Act that provided federal aid for constructing a transcontinental railroad. Once completed, the railroad became the preferred choice of transportation through and across Nevada. So before you had the Lincoln Highway, which was named after Abraham Lincoln, you had the Central Pacific Railroad, which was the preferred method of travel. Papa's Ranch House was there for the fucking Central Pacific Railroad company or the Central Pacific Railroad. Then it was there for the freaking construction of the Lincoln Highway, which spurred tourism in the entire state and pop-up shops everywhere. It was the OG pop-up shop of freaking Nevada. And the California Trail, literally giving beers and duels for American history. Wow. That's so freaking cool. I wish we had one of those like, like mind blowing buttons. Welcome. The bridge, which crosses the Truckee River, which is within eyesight of present day Papa's Ranch House, once ran commercial and passenger trains out of the Fernley train depot. The Fernley train depot was built from the four owners of the Southern Pacific Railroad Company around 1870 after the construction of the Central Pacific Railroad by the U.S. government. So first, the Central Pacific Railroad was built. Then these four non-governmental doodahs decided to have the Southern Pacific Railroad, in which case the government actually leased the Central Pacific Railroad to be used by the owners, the four big wigs of the Southern Pacific Railroad, all with Papa Ranch House providing cold beers for all of the people that pass through. Wow. So topo- topographically speaking, there we go. Tobogganu. <laughs> Tobogganu. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> So topographically speaking, Papa's Ranch House is the is positioned square along the historic routes of both the original California Trail and the historic Lincoln Highway, as well as the Southern Pacific Railroad, making it possibly one of the oldest and most visited locations in western Nevada. Everybody from pioneers, gold miners, possibly members of the Pony Express, which was one of the original United States Postal Service people. Workers and passengers of the Southern Pacific and Central Pacific Railroad companies and later day automobile tourists from the 1930s and 40s all could have stopped at this now haunted location. Literally blows my effing mind because if you go there, one of the rooms, Brian will tell you, Marilyn Monroe stayed in, which makes so much sense because if she was driving one one of her fancy automobiles from like New York City back to her home in California, it would make a lot of sense to stop right there if you're taking the Lincoln Highway all the way from New York to California to get back home. And she stopped at one of the little motels that's literally been there forever. Yeah, these motels are tiny too. So tiny. They like 
didn't have a bathroom and they just had a space for a room and then you could walk like two steps to the wall across <laughs> to the window. But yeah, he uh, the owner, Ryan, he told us that the hotel room that is like gussied up as Marilyn Monroe's room, she stayed in the like first portion, but there's like a weird half wall thing that he renovated into a bathroom. And he was like, that's the like secret false speakeasy sort of room that was there when he got there. Mm-hmm. And he like plowed through the wall and created a bathroom out of it. But when it was like a brothel or whatever, that was like one of the secret rooms that they used. Yeah, so it's really crazy to go there. There's like an innkeeper shop guy who lives in the upstairs who's really nice. Marilyn Monroe stayed in one of the rooms, but she did not talk to us. Some preacher guy did instead. Yeah, the preacher guy was from upstairs because Patrick was like, and the spirit box kept telling me religious things. And Liv was like, yeah, because they were doing a sermon. There was a dude talking about religion. Mm-hmm. From the top window to the courtyard people. When we were in Marilyn Monroe's room trying to talk to the weird thing that was in the bathroom, he came forward and was like, Hey, what's up? You want to talk to me about Marilyn Monroe? (laughs) There's not a lot of energy in here. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a second. (laughs) But it was a fabulous place. I recommend anybody go there, not only for the pizza and the cannolis, but also the ghost stories. There was a lot of them. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the stories that he told us in the bar area, he has a shitload of antiques everywhere, literally everywhere. And he has this one antique in the front of that saloon bar area. And there's a picture of like a wedding picture that he got from like an antique shop. And the lady was like, it's so haunted. I don't even want to tell you what happened when it was in my house. And he was explaining that across from it because it's in this like hallway transition area there's a picture across from it that's like of him wrestling or something and the picture that was across from this wedding picture kept falling off of the wall so he decided to tape it to the wall so it would stop moving and uh the next day it was like on the floor like leaned up against one of the pieces of furniture so that was one of the uh stories for him specifically in the bar and Patrick had a specific story in the bar as well where he was telling us about this like huge ass dude with a cowboy hat that he saw like while he was here alone and apparently he said hi like super loud (laughs) yeah it's really cool when you walk into the courtyard as a psychic medium you can see all of the people up on like the balcony where the the innkeepers rooming used to be and they're all just cowboys that like tip their hats and like whistle at you as a lady like cat call you yeah from above on the balcony but uh when you go up there and go into the room that's where the shopkeeper is and the shopkeeper keeps uh, the rowdiness outside because the story there there wasn't a whole bunch of antiques but the uh owner started putting all of the antiques up there and when he did weird things started happening so there's like a little, there's a bathroom in there and there's a little like cubby hole crawl space to yeah. the attic <laughs> and it's like the ceilings are like, what, 10 feet tall? Yeah, they're so pretty high. You can't like reach the ceiling if you were like standing on a chair or something, it'd be really hard to. So the owner was telling us about how the one day he came in here 
and the door was like cracked open. So he was like, that's weird. I closed this door before I went to sleep. Why is this open? So he comes into the upstairs of his saloon or his pizzeria and he walks over to the bathroom and realizes that the the like cover to the attic is fully pushed over to the one side and Patrick literally has a picture of it of it actually moving cuz people like can't reach it so how is it moving it's not like someone went up there to like actually just stand on the toilet and move it it's like really up there so he puts it back and he like tries to like make sure it's not going to move and when Patrick went there he was doing his investigation and he heard this huge loud noise and he goes back to like see what it was and he saw that the cover to the attic was again pushed over. Yeah. Brian was scared that someone was like living in the attic like one of those like weird true crime movies. So that's why he pushed it back and then Patrick investigated and moved itself back like uh uh-uh. uh. So that was super funny. He was also telling us about the story of when he was putting a like is it POW the POW thing? up yeah. there like the pow flag Palmia, because he was a pow and um he was talking about how the guy that he knows like haunts the place upstairs was also a pow or was it the guy that died because that was like he said the last person that died in the place was the one that died upstairs yeah something like that and i think the Palmia flag means something for the person that passed up there and when he was hanging it, he thought maybe they might, like, be offended by it or something. I don't know. Because he heard this huge bang, like like a, like if you had to, like, break a circuit or something. That's what it sounded like. And he thought all the lights, like, went off because he thought he, like, blew a circuit. So he goes to the, like, balcony and he's like, um, all the lights are still on. <laughs> well, all the lights were out upstairs where he was but every yeah. other light and the rest of the establishment was on and he's like i know one circuit breaker controls all the lights so this is weird yeah so the soul told Liv about how what happened the men on the balcony like the cowboy guys that cat call you they did a gun salute when he hung the palmia flag which is why it sounded like gunshots yeah so it gave him like some comfort with it <laughs> Yeah, because he was like, I think they hate me. And he's like, you know, I got to live here with the ghosts. So I was like, oh, man, they don't like me now. And I was like, no, 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 no. They saluted you for hanging that flag because it means something. So it was really cute. He also told a really good story about how he was coming down the stairs because it gets cold where they're at. And he almost slipped and like fell down the stairs that go from the second story to the first floor. And he said he felt like people grabbed up underneath his arms and set him straight so he wouldn't fall down and, like, break a hip. Mm-hmm. Which is really cute. Which it was those guys up there. <laughs> yeah, all the rowdy cowboys. Yeah, so there's other, like, hotel rooms other than the Maryland room. And he was using them as, like, apartment complex or apartment buildings for people. So Patrick said that the room next to the Marilyn Monroe room, he said that... The prior like Owner. tenants, well, yeah. they weren't owners. They're pi- the prior tenants to the apartment. They were doing like ritualistic stuff. So Patrick was getting like crazy activity in there, like the oven door like slamming open and shut, and like weird things on his equipment. 
So when we, he was telling us about this, we were in the Maryland room and Liv says that because the, the tenants that were there that did the rituals were getting like evicted, kicked out, they decided to bind these dark things to the room. So the dark things are like annoyed because they like want to not be there. Yeah. They can't leave. So they're like, screw this place. Yeah. And then in Marilyn's room, there was a weird thing in the back room, in that secret room that I was talking about. And it's almost like it doesn't want you to know that it's there, but it makes you feel like anxious. Mm-hmm. And then there's other, there's two other rooms that were, there was one that was just used for storage that we didn't like do anything with. And then there were two other ones that he uses as like an arcade. So he puts all his old arcade things in. And Patrick was telling us that these three rooms that are now connected, they were all separate rooms. But when this guy like got them, when Ryan like purchased the place, they were like squatters in here, but they also found like dead bodies in the back room. So it was like, this place was always a little creepy, a little offsetting the energy in the room. And the room itself, the floor is a little bit off. Kilter. It's not. It's weep womped. <laughs> the floor isn't like level. So when you're walking in there, it makes you feel a certain way, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like that room at all. That's when the hand poked out and waved, remember? <laughs> yeah, because Patrick showed That's- us the back where the body was supposedly found. And Liv was like... I just saw a hand go across the, like, around the corner. Yeah, thing-type hand. It was not okay. A thing-type hand, not a person hand? No, like, thing from the Adams family. Oh. Yeah. Like a severed hand. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. It's not well, okay. How did you know it was severed? Because there wasn't anything attached to it. Oh, so you saw the whole hand? Yeah. It was just like, ah I'm floating. It, like, reached around the side of the door and waved at me that's like a fun. princess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's horrifying. It still makes me like feel slimy and gross just thinking about it. That's interesting. You think if we did an investigation in there, it would be weird? Probably. <laughs> you and Patrick can sit there and have a powwow. I'm going to eat cannolis with Brian. <laughs> Dude, you were almost going to put me up into that attic. Yeah, and then you chickened out. Well, no, you guys just seemed sad about it. So you're like, well, I could do it if you want me to do it. And I was like, well, that's stupid. Let's leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh we should have done it i wanted to it was a good time oh you wanted to leave don't lie to me i was tired and nauseous not from the pizza so if you guys are looking to have sicilian style traditional pizza and cannolis given to you and baked by a man who is fabulous named brian go to papa's ranch house i'll have his facebook page linked below because i think that's his major form of doing things so go check it out if you've been there before, leave a nice review. If you've listened to this podcast, leave him a nice review on his Facebook page and whatever review things he's has. But if you don't have anything nice to say, remember what your mama said. Don't say anything at all. Yeah. Did you know you can listen to this on Apple Podcasts? And Did if you, you know do, you could watch this on YouTube. <laughs> Sorry, she's giving me that look. And I was like, mm. yeah, the look of I forget what to say next. But. You can watch this on YouTube. 
but you can also listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't, that's okay. But if you do, you should leave us a review because it helps our rating of our podcast and where we place when people search for our fabulous, uh, our fabulous ear hole hole things that we do for you called the podcast. And if you leave a review, you should put a dad joke because you guys are leaving lovely reviews, but no dad jokes. And I don't, now I have to look them up on the internet and it makes me sad because I want. I well, want. you don't know any more off the top of your head. Right now I do. You got one since we're talking about a haunted saloon. Wait, you have one? Yeah, I do. Okay, I'm ready. What did the ghost buy at the bar? Your mom. That was not a good one. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it was a brothel at one point, so. What are you trying to say, dude? What did the ghost <laughs> buy at the bar? Booze. Your mom. I think your mom joke is funnier. I really like this one, though. What's a ghost with a broken leg called? A disabled ghost. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> a hoblin goblin. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until the next one. We are your meta kicks. Wow. There was also this weird, like, crawl space underneath the place that uh, Ryan says the lady talks in, but we didn't go in there because Patrick says that every spider that ever lived lives in that crawl space. <laughs> yeah, all of the little spiders that exist in, with ne- in Nevada. No, all of them. No, he Whoever said existed. all of the little spiders, that's where their parents live. <laughs> he was like, oh. only the big ones live there. <laughs> It was bad. <laughs> so we didn't go in there because we didn't want to see the giant spider from Harry Potter. <laughs> BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.